Warning! This episode contains foul language, graphic descriptions of violence, and controversial opinions. to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week we sit down with a special guest and we talk about something weird. This week, however, it's just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. And a baby named Wilder, (laughs) who's here. Who's asleep, we hope, for a while. Please. Today, we are taking the strange route down true crime lane and chatting about some serial killers. Now, you all know the usual creeps like Ted Bundy, Richard Ramirez, and John Wayne Gacy, but what about those not-so-famous folks who also have disgusting tales of murder, secrets, and betrayal? Oh, gosh. It's time to shine a light on some (laughs) lesser-known dirtbags, so gather around the campfire, grab your s'mores, listen in for some spooky stories of real-life terrors you never knew existed. My name's Lauren, <laughs> and this is my stunning co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. And we're going to talk about killers today. Going to talk about killers today. Just put put on your bra, <laughs> strap on your boots, and Put on giddy your up. bras, your cowboy boots, and giddy up into killer town. Take off your pants and panties. <laughs> um, it's so nice to see you, just the Hi, two of us. Hi, just the two of us. I know, it is, is nice. It just, is this the first time it's just us since baby? Since, uh, oh my gosh, is it? It might be. Wasn't it Listener Ghost Stories? Wasn't that the last I one? I was still prego. Just the two of us? Yeah, and I was prego. Yeah. So, because oh I remember my so belly long. was huge, and we were like, "I'm going on maternity leave," and then I didn't really go. And anywhere. then you were back a week later because you're a liar. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and now we just have a baby. Oh no, he's waking oh, up. Oh no, here we go. It's okay. We got happens. a bottle. Right. We got we're, a bottle ready. To we got pop a bottle of milk, mouth. and uh, we're gonna be just fine. Yeah. So we get suggestions all the time. Uh, talk about the serial killer. Talk about that serial killer, and. Uh, it's not that we don't like talking about serial killers. There's just so many places that you can yeah. hear people talk about those serial killers. True crime, po- true crime. I cannot say the words true crime. <laughs> true crime podcasts are everywhere. They're all the rage. Actually, yes. I it, I mean, it's surging right now. Interest has been steadily rising for a while. But I honestly, at this point, think true crime is getting a little out of hand mm-hmm. only i would agree yeah only because i mean the most recent boom started with cereal yes. cereal kind of kicked it off there and was cereal an, did it i think oh one, like, cereal the best. was like one of the best i've ever heard yeah obviously uh, amazing it was perfect but then there was making a murderer my favorite murder the staircase the innocent man the mm-hmm. keepers abducted in plain sight amanda knox ted bundy tapes and so on and so forth yes and not only are we obsessed with documentaries, the movies coming out right now are absolutely ridiculous. All over um, the place. 
extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile, which I have some things to say about in a yeah. moment. Mind Hunter, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Haunting of Sharon Tate, Charlie Says, Aquarius. Like, how many Manson how many movies, movies can do we, come we out with need? about the Manson family? I cannot. Like, you're not teaching it's us anything much. that we don't already know about him. And also, he was just a fucked up dude who was really manipulative. Right. Like, he was able to brainwash <laughs> all these people. And it's like, yeah, we've told the story every which way it, now. Literally every way. You're not going to learn anything new about Charles Manson. No. Why do we keep doing this to ourselves? I want to hear your thoughts on Zac Efron. Do the you? Movie. I do. <laughs> I mean, I finally watched it. I don't you know if did. I told you that. I totally oh, forgot to text man. you because well, I don't you have a brain that works. I, destroy I it? didn't enjoy it. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if I'm to blame because I think I thought it was going to be something different. I thought right. it was going to be more about the murders and about him more than the focus on the girlfriend so right. like I just don't think I was in the right mental state for it maybe if yeah I but had also known. they didn't focus on the girlfriend that's true <laughs> they really half-assed it they didn't do anything that I thought they were gonna do yeah basically. so it's I thought it was a complete failure on every level um Except for Zach Efron looking mighty fine I mean he looked good but <laughs> I, I don't know if he and he did fine. It wasn't like he did a bad job. I thought the film completely played on the lowest common denominator. It was essentially vignettes of Bundy's life. And it was basically everything you already knew about him. Uh-huh. Like he murdered some women. He was arrested. He escaped. He was captured. He escaped. He murdered more women. He was arrested. He was put on trial. He was put to death. Yep. Like that's literally like, okay. I mean, you yeah. can find that about reading an article on Ted on Bundy. Wikipedia like, <laughs> and we will find that out. Not to mention that's all of true. the documentaries, all of the books, all of the this, that, and the other that have been written about him. Like yeah. why even make the movie? Like, I thought, it, was, it was so pointless I felt to like me. it was advertised to show that it was going to be something different. Like, oh, we're going to see this different area yeah. of his life. No. And you're exactly right that we still heard the same thing. And they tried to make excuses for the movie by saying, oh, no, our portrayal of Bundy is how the people around him saw him and how he was able to, like, manipulate and trick them, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But they didn't do that either. Like, they still made a Bundy movie. What they talked about, what they were going to do, and what I think they had intentions to do was to make a Bundy-adjacent movie uh-huh. where... You know, and what they should have done, we should have never seen Ted Bundy unless he was with the people. Like, if if it's a Liz movie, for example, right. we shouldn't see From Ted Bundy unless he's point. in the room with her. Yeah. We should see what she's doing when he's out murdering. Right. We should see, like, what she thinks about, like, what's going on. We should see, you know, we should only see him while he's with her or when he's on TV. Yeah, if you're going to tell us this is from the girlfriend's point of view, like then, then show us the her life and then it makes us think like, wow, this is so crazy. Look how normal her life there was were like while four he was out scenes. doing this. Yeah. yeah. And the true. thing was, too, is that they they didn't even tell it truthfully. They were like, she was so shocked when he was arrested. And it was like, Liz fucking called the cops twice. Yeah, she knew. Two times she, she called the cops. She knew he was up to no good. And said... I think the Ted you're looking for is my Ted. Yeah. We didn't see that in the movie at all. No. She didn't call the cops. just more like, <gasps> what? What? How, how could they say this about you? But so, he was perfect. That was bullshit. Um, the other direction that they should have gone in if they weren't going to make it about Liz, go all in on Ted Bundy. Like, don't wishy-washy show us everything we've already seen. I don't necessarily want to see him committing the murders because they were 
absolutely horrific, but yeah, like show sure. me how he got to the murder. Show me how he abducted the people. Show me like how he felt before and after a kill. Yes, that's stuff I want to What he see. told Liz when he was out doing this. Like right. where did he say he was? Yeah, I wanted to see the lead up to some of the things. And Something. I think that's what my expectation was. And that's where I'm saying like was my expectation too high and was it my fault that I didn't like it? Uh, because no. I was imagining all of that too. Like okay, let's see. How did he get there? What was he doing afterwards? Mm-hmm. Like what did he come home and say after? Like yeah. I wanted to see all the ins and outs. And like, we got why none nothing. of that. Why no. for example how was he able to abduct and rape and murder two separate women on the same day from that beach right how was he able to do that and why did he need to go back and get another person like was was one just not doing it for him anymore like i didn't see yeah i didn't see any of that uh what were his withdrawals like like when he'd gone a while also i want to see you know they show him escape and then they're like Three days later, he's picked up from in when he was in Colorado or whatever, right. yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, well, I've show me what he was doing. What did he do during those three days? Like, yeah. where did where what did he was go? Happening? What yeah. were his trials and tribulations? Exactly. Like, it was just it he was just garbage. Did not show basically. us enough. I know if Zac Efron wasn't so cute, I would have turned it off in the first five minutes. <laughs> Efron did fine, but honestly, I do think his performance was pretty good. Yeah. I wouldn't say like, oh, it's Oscar worthy, you know. No. but I thought he did a good job. It was fine. I don't think the I think movie my was biggest thing was no, it, it definitely wasn't his fault. My biggest problem with Zac Efron, and it's not really his fault, but there was literally a scene where he's going to prison. And it's like slow motion. He takes his shirt off and he's like tan and ripped and like hairy in, you know, the quote unquote right places. And it's like, first of all, that's not what Ted Bundy fucking looked like. No, (laughs) not even a little bit. All one and two. Why are you selling him as a sex symbol? This doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. This is Baywatch. Like you don't have to make him sexy, like make him charismatic as they did. But like you do not need that shirtless scene. Ted Bundy didn't have that. So now that that rant's over. um, We had to go into it. (laughs) Our inspiration for today's episode is to kind of break up the monotony. We're going to talk about some serial killers that you maybe don't know or at least don't hear about. A lot. A lot or very often. Would you like to go first while Wilder is drinking his bottle and being a very good quiet boy? And being nice. Sure. (laughs) So my first guy... We'll see if you know the name. Luis Alfredo Garavito. Alfredo? Alfredo. No, I don't. Like the sauce, which I enjoy on my pasta. Luis Alfredo Garavito. Um, One of the deadliest serial killers of all time. So I was surprised I hadn't heard about him. He killed a whole lot of folks. But I actually have two guys who the reason I picked them is because the reason we don't hear about either of these guys is because of where they're from and Mm -hmm. what the state of their country was at the time. Right. And how the police just didn't give a shit. So that's another reason I thought this guy was fascinating. But this guy preyed on young Colombian boys in the 80s and 90s. Um, his crimes were possible because of all the casualties in the Colombian Civil War. Ah. Um, in this time, because of all the conflict, the streets were overrun with homeless people. It was just constant crime, orphans on the street, like kids who'd lost their parents just trying to find work and trying to survive. So this guy was able to slip in like the asshole he is and say, I'm going to take advantage of the situation and find my victims because he's disgusting. 
So Garavito um, had his fair choice of many little boys, and he would just disguise himself as a farmer or a priest and go up to these boys and say, hey, I have work for cash. I know you need the money, so come follow me. And he would look like this innocent guy just trying to provide work and he would lure them to a remote location saying he was taking them back to his farm or his church community he would hold them prisoner for days on end while raping torturing and eventually killing them and these boys ranged from the age of six to 16 good lord young as six and then to the age of 16 like so young and vulnerable Um, He murdered freely for years, no one even blinking an eye, and knowing that most of his victims didn't even have anyone waiting for them back home. He was like, these are orphans. No one's missing them. These are this is the perfect way to get my get my kicks. So it wasn't until the police finally discovered a mass grave in 1997 with up to a hundred young boys inside. Oh, my God. Yep. It's it's just so awful. I can't even wrap my head around that it's that many. Um, The Colombian authorities finally realized, I think we have a serial killer on the loose. This is more than just death by starvation or whatever. So they were on the hunt for quite a while. It wasn't until 1999 that Garavito actually finally came forward and confessed to the deaths of 140 children, while some estimates based on his stories place him at a total number more like 300. Mm -hmm. Police believe he wasn't coming forward with all the deaths and that it could absolutely, judging by the graves, be closer to 300. And also, unless he's keeping a tally... Right. He doesn't even know. Probably. He probably doesn't know. He's out of his mind. He's like, there's no way. It's 300? 300? I Jesus. mean, I guess. Well, yeah, yeah, that could be right. Yeah. Horrible. So it could be more like 300 young boys, which is just disgusting. Um, so he was convicted, but he could be up for release in just two years in what? 2021 because Colombia does not allow life imprisonment. So that's another crazy thing about this. Gardevito was sentenced to just 40 years in prison, and that was then reduced to 22 years after plea deals and rewards for good behavior. I was so going to say, what would the plea deal be? I know. Would it be? He somehow got a plea think, deal, like, and then they said he was like a perfect inmate in prison, so yeah, they reduced well, it even okay. more, which I'm like, ew, how? And I then, feel like plea deals are usually like ratting someone else out or sometimes serial murderers will get a plea deal if they show the police where some bodies are. That's what I'm assuming happened. I think he led them to more graves because they only found that one that was filled with, I mean, a ton of bodies. But I think they were like, where's the rest? You said you did all these other ones. So I'm sure he showed them where some of the other graves were. And then, yeah, also on good behavior, got reduced to 22 years for killing up to 300 young boys. Um, And the stupidest part of all... Upon his release, Garavito plans to run for political office and start a program to help abused children. No. He claims he wants to turn his life around and help the kids that were his victims, like kids like them, which is, I think, somehow just as twisted as the murders. And I don't believe that he's a changed man, but that's his plan. Luis Alfredo Garavito. Never heard of him before. Hate him so much. How old will he be when he gets released? When he was found, he was in his 30s. It so he's only like 55. Right. Ugh. Yeah, which oh my is still God, too young. That's to so like be, young. That's what I'm saying. Like It'd be different if they were releasing a 90-year-old like, yeah, man. He's like 77. It's right. like, well, you know, how fast can he be? Yeah. 
like, <laughs> we're gonna catch him anyway it's fine no he's well, still he's too young that's awful yep i hate him i just feel because you you said it wasn't just like he molested them and then killed them he like raped and tortured them right yeah, and yeah then, he like, wasn't just like hey i'm gonna lure you to this location shoot you in the head and we're done like he made a prolonged awful death happen for them and just okay. picking them off it was terrible well alfredo I'll we never eat you. you again. Nope. <laughs> I will never have Alfredo sauce again. I'm turned off from it forever. So my, I'm starting uh, with a Hungarian man named Bela Kiss, which is a very sweet name. It is. Uh, Bela was born in Isak, Austria, Hungary. And this was before it was all split up to make up parts of Hungary, Austria, Czechoslovakia, Italy, Serbia, Romania, Poland, et cetera, et cetera, when okay. it was just like one thing just one place um not much is known about his childhood because he was born in 1877 so even if something crazy happened to him when he was a kid this was long before kids had rights or (laughs) like (laughs) psychology existed so (laughs) no one cared enough to document it if something crazy happened when he was growing up but he was for all intents and purposes totally normal Mm -hmm. he was a tinsmith so he repaired or built items that were made of tin he lived in Sintoka. Mm, Sintoka? Sure, we'll he buy it. He lived in Sintoka, which was at the time near Budapest. These days it's actually within Budapest. He moved there in 1900. And by 1914, he was 37 years old. He had a successful business. He was very well liked by his neighbors and never seemed to be without a girl on his arm. Huh. <laughs> he had had a wife, but she left him in 1912, supposedly to be with her lover. And uh, in 1912, that was the year that he hired a housekeeper named Mrs. Jakubek. Already upset. So Jakubek noticed that he corresponded with a number of women Uh, The neighborhood consistently saw him with different women, different women every time. None of them local, which is interesting, but not crazy. He was a handsome, successful man. Yeah. Like, Like, of course, he'd be a little bit of a playboy. So, Bella Kiss was an amateur astrologer and very fond of occult practices. So, I feel like we would have gotten along were it not for everything that is about to happen. (laughs) Otherwise, we'd have him on the podcast. Otherwise, we'd have him on. We'll talk to him. So he would meet these women that he would write to, usually through ads that he would put in the newspaper offering his services as either a matrimonial agent, which I believe that means like a potential husband like because back then it was it was definitely way more of a business deal than it It was like we're in love it's like actually found our soulmate yeah i'm single i'm a single man this is what i have what do you have yeah let's Let's, make an arrangement (laughs) let's meet up or a fortune teller he would tell people he was a fortune teller he sometimes brought the women individually to his home uh, but the housekeeper said she had very little contact with them okay the town folk noticed that Kiss had a collection of a ton of metal drums, uh-huh. um, and it was suspicious enough that the police were asked to look into it. They thought he was storing alcohol. They thought it was like uh, he was storing like illegal alcohol. Okay. Moonshine, if you will. I'm terrified to know what was actually. <laughs> well, he told the police he had filled the drums with gasoline and oil in order to prepare for the rationing in the uh, oncoming war. And that was plenty satisfactory for a guy who had literally no record. Like right. they were like, like well, okay, we that makes no sense. Yeah, people you. do that all the time. 
1914, when World War I began, he was drafted and he left his house in Jackie Beck's care. Okay. So he was sent off to war. And the housekeeper stayed behind. Yes. Okay. To watch the place. So by July 1916, no one had actually heard from Bellicus in like a year. And the rumor was that he had been captured and possibly killed in Serbia. His landlord was looking to possibly lease his house. And also the Budapest police were interested in the metal drums full of gasoline because of the war. Sure. So a bunch of soldiers and the cops went there to take them. And upon opening the first drum, they noticed a super awful smell, not of gasoline, not of oil. And they went to fully open the drum. And actually, Jackie Beck was supposedly protesting them opening the drums, which makes me think, like, what the fuck did she know? Right. But maybe it was was just kind of like, this isn't your property. Like, like, she was asked to to watch the place. I don't know. But in the drum, they discovered the body of a strangled woman. She was very well preserved in a brine of methanol. A young woman with long brown hair along with the rope that strangled her. The six other drums contain the same. Naked or partially clothed corpses of young women and the same murder weapon, a rope. Oh, gosh. The seven drums were only the beginning. The lead detective and his men continued to tear apart the property and discovered a lot more drums buried around the property. Oh, Each open lid revealed another young woman. Somewhere between 24 and 30 were logged into the police file. All like on his property? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah. Um, this is horrible. Some of them, ha- well, all of the victims had been strangled. Some of them had two puncture marks on their neck, which caused a lot of people to call Belakis the vampire of Sintoka or Sincota. But it was never apparent that any of the women's blood had been drained. So, but they were just actually two little holes. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is if they were strangled, it could just be like burn marks from strangulation, and people, you know, see that and they're like, vampire, vampire man. That would add a whole other twist. Sure would. So they had all these bodies, at least two dozen, and they were horrified and they decided, okay, like we need to search the rest of the house, obviously, especially since Mrs. Jackie Beck was adamant that Bella would never do anything like this, that he had. She she basically was like, he takes care of sick neighborhood dogs. (laughs) Like he couldn't do something like this. Possibly. (laughs) He loves the animals. You know, why would he murder multiple people? She also denied any knowledge of the bodies or their identities, which I'm still not sure about. Again, she could have been protesting for completely innocent reasons. She could be, she could have known. Um, But when the detective arrived at a locked bedroom door, Jackie Beck admitted she had a copy of the key, but that Kiss had instructed her never to enter or let anyone else enter the room. So it's no surprise that they found all the evidence they needed inside. In that room. (laughs) In that locked room. Oh, gosh. Bookshelves filled with books on poisoning and strangulation, which like, who writes that? Right. Why do those exist? (laughs) Inside the work desk, they found a decade's worth of correspondence with dozens of women. He had advertised in Budapest newspapers under the name Hoffman, claiming to be a lonely man in search of a wife. He reportedly received 174 proposals of marriage and accepted marriage from no less than 74 women. At least 20 of them uh, came to meet him and and met their demise. 
Yikes. Each of the 74 who accepted had their own packet of correspondence on his desk. He really packaged it up nice for the police. Did you you want to be caught? I think he didn't expect to be drafted. I mean, I I I know they expected to probably be drafted, but I think like... Maybe he thought he had more time to clean it up. Right. Or, I don't know. He really didn't think anyone him. would look in the drums. <laughs> but yeah, several Jeez. I several of the bodies were identified, but it's not sure how many or which ones uh, were the correspond like to match with the correspondence. Okay. Uh, one for sure was a woman named Julianne Pashuk. Her name appeared in court records in Budapest. She had sued Kiss for defrauding her of money on the promise of marriage. Her case was thrown out when she failed to show up to the hearing because she was in a barrel. Yep. Like, <laughs> couldn't make it. Couldn't make it. I'm a in a barrel. Yeah. I'm in a barrel. So anyway, the police sent out a telegraph to the Hungarian army to arrest Bella Kiss if he was still alive. But they were in the middle of a war, so they weren't, they were kind of too busy to give a shit they at the moment. Added to that, apparently Bella and Kiss are very common names for Hungarians. What? So, like, it was also very, it would be like someone's being named John Smith. Okay. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll just find John Smith right. in the fucking Amongst army. million people. Still, in October of 1916, a, nam- a man named Bella Kiss was hospitalized in Serbia, and the detective that worked the case took off right away. But we'll never know if it was him because the soldier escaped the hospital before the detective arrived. He even threw off the hospital staff by putting a dead man in his bed. Oh, my God. So I think we can fucking assume that it was this guy who threw the dead guy in his bed. Yeah. After that, he was spotted in 1919 in Budapest. In the 1920s, he was spotted in Romania and Turkey. And finally, in 1932, a New York City detective spotted him. Exiting a subway station in Times Square, but lost him in the crowd. Um, The detective knew about him, like studied the case when he was, I don't know, like studying to be a detective, I guess. So like he was, he knew who Bellicus was, even though it was like from all the way across the world. So the detective then happened to spot him, him, chased him down, lost him. The detective then started to search for him. And uh, four years later, in 1936, he investigated a rumor that Kiss was working as a janitor in a New York City apartment building that he was living in. But when police stopped by to check out the lead, the janitor had packed his things and disappeared. Oh, surprise. So no one knows how many people he killed before the women in the barrels or after the women in the barrels. And no one knows how he eventually died or whether any of the sightings were actually him. him. Mm. But he for sure killed interesting they say 24 to 30 because the records are so old right that they couldn't verify they were so old sure. and not in english <laughs> they were like, everyone's like i don't know or maybe it's 30 i don't actually know <laughs> somewhere in that range that's yeah. still too many and too many. he's the worst gross i just love how like he like went to war and right. It was like when he was gone, all that of this someone was unraveling. To this, and they were like, "Oh my god, this guy's a fucking serial yeah. killer!" And he was just off. He's like, "Fighting I'm in just, war. I'm serving in the war. Yeah, like, sorry. has no idea Doing that my everything's duty. like falling apart yeah. back home." Yeah, that is a weird twist, and he sucks. Yeah, <laughs> he does, and it is believed that his wife did not run away with a lover. That okay. he killed. That he killed her. His wife as well. 
I mean, um, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past But him. it wasn't someone, something anyone had any suspicions about the, until yeah. these bodies started being found. They were like, oh, shit, like did he kill his guy. wife, too? Yeah. Ugh. So. Yeah, it's Bella. so creepy when it's those people you don't even expect. Like, he had a really he just has some gasoline. crazy mustache. I was kind of into it. Yeah, like he's a little <laughs> bit sexy. Yeah. There's like a picture of him in history. There's one. <laughs> There's photo. one photo. He of looks him. real good. <laughs> looks so and I get it. I get, I get it. why the women were going there. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, I have a tool named Pedro. <laughs> Pedro Lopez, which he has a similar story. Not similar, but... I have a son of a bitch. I got this son of a bitch. It's not a similar story to Mr. Alfredo, who I just talked about, but it's similar in the sense that police didn't care too much because of where he was from, which, yeah, it's unfortunate that... If you're in the right place in the right time, you can get away with so much. I mean, much that's why the Green just, River Killer yeah. got away with a confirmed 70-something murder. because he was killing prostitutes. Yep. It's, no yeah, one gave it's a the shit. people who are getting killed. It's the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Pedro Lopez was born in 1948 into a violent world. His mother was a prostitute and threw him out of her house when he was just eight years old. And he was wow. roaming the streets alone in Bogota. There, he fell victim to predators on the street, and he was sadly sexually assaulted and molested numerous times. He was running from home to home just trying to survive, Um, eventually started stealing cars and trying to steal from different homes, and this eventually sent him to jail at just the age of 18. Um, This is where he committed his first murder as he was taking revenge on the inmates who constantly raped him. So he, this is one of those where you look at his childhood and you're like, of course you're fucked up. Yeah, of course you are. Your mother was a prostitute. I think he witnessed. I can't even be mad at you right now. Yeah, I know. He witnessed her in sexual acts, which messed him up from the start. But then on top of it, he was assaulted and molested, was just trying to survive, went to prison, assaulted some more, mm-hmm. and then he finally just couldn't take it anymore. He snapped and right. said, well, and also, I want to take my power back. Once you get to be a stronger person, a bigger person, like yeah. let's say you're in prison, you're actually like building some sort of muscles, yeah, even if it's not like out. unripped, but like yeah. you He's can like, actually take it into your own hands yes. and kill the people that are raping you. Absolutely. Yeah. More power to you. Go ahead. And so he took his revenge and he he killed a lot of guys. Then he was released, which again, it's like, why are they releasing him when they know he's He killed people, people in here. Yeah, but there just were not great rules. So he was released <laughs> and the he, rules were very lax. They were real lax this. here. He took this rage that had fueled him behind bars and he brought it out to the world. He moved to Peru and began to kill girls between the ages of nine and 12. Okay, no. Sexually assaulting them. Yeah. This, I know, it's like, okay, I see that you're fucked up, but why are you going on these to these young girls? But it makes me wonder if it's just because. It's the way his brain works. I was assaulted at a young age, so I should assault people at a young age. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's some way that that could just be a trigger in him. Like, I need to hurt young people the way I was hurt. But to me, I would say, wouldn't you do more revenge killings on older people? Yeah, people who are- Like you were doing in prison. the assaulting. Yeah, so I I think something is just off in his brain, but he saw these young girls and thought, 
I'm this is who I need to attack because this was the age I was, which it doesn't make sense. But I just there was something, something in his mind, which is unfortunate. At one point, he said he admitted later that he was killing three girls a week. Oh, my Yes. Lanta. So this is how it started in Peru. He then returned to Colombia, which is where Mr. Alfredo was, and then also moved on. Wilder laughed at that. This is not a laughing matter, (laughs) sir. He then moved on to Ecuador, leaving a trail of bodies in his wake in every place that he went. My, my, my. And he was constantly picking poverty. 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 Poverty stricken areas. So again, it's this area where like very poor maybe these girls were orphans on the street that didn't have families that missed them that situation again mm-hmm. or just no one was caring or looking no for them was because caring, it was or even if they crazy did care area. you know poor areas that's always the area where it's like well maybe they ran away yeah. you know what i mean it's like, like they probably we're just trying to get away okay So no one was really looking for these girls and he knew he could get away with it. There was one time he was almost caught when he came across a tribal settlement and the people of the tribe witnessed his assault on a young girl and they had planned on executing him for it. But a Christian missionary who was passing through Mm. told the tribal settlement, don't do this. Do not commit murder. Don't stoop to his level. Go to the police instead. So they listened to the missionary and went to the police and again, the police said, we don't fucking care. Yeah. Bye. And nothing learned was done. Learned your lesson there. Don't listen to Christians. Exactly. So <laughs> that's what we've learned. Yeah. Don't listen to the Christians. <laughs> um, so Lopez was in police custody for maybe two days. And then they released him because they said, we don't care. We don't have enough evidence anyway. And oh, again, we don't care. So he was released. Killed again, numerous people. Again, I think he was on like a numerous girl a week streak for probably another year. But he was finally apprehended by authorities in Ecuador in 1979, at which time he confessed and he led police to a mass grave containing the bodies of 53 young girls. They called him the monster of the Andes. And they believe that throughout his life, this killer most likely killed, again, lucky number, 300 young girls, possibly more. Due to Ecuador's prison term limits, Lopez served just 20 years. Again, let's uh, let's get some stricter laws, everybody. (laughs) He served just 20 years before being released in secret into Colombia in 1998. His whereabouts are unknown to this day. Great. So you know he's still out there murdering people. And it's probably, again, in areas where nobody's holding him accountable for it. So... Everything sucks over in Colombia. Yeah. This... Sorry to say. <laughs> yeah. That's why I read those two stories because it's fascinating to me that these men were killing hundreds of young boys and young girls mm-hmm. and they're just, they're getting released. One is going to go be a politician and the other one is just being Murdery Joe off in the corner. Oh, Murdery Joe. I just can't. Well, so those um, stories make me very sad. Yeah. I'll kind of, I, this wasn't my next one on the list, but I'm going to kind of piggyback off of. What you're talking about with like the police not fucking doing their jobs. Um, Welcome. And we'll go on uh, to this guy, this fucking guy, this fucking guy. This piece of of human trash. This is the one. um, If if you've heard of anyone that I'm going to talk about today, it's probably going to be Penny. It's probably going to be uh, Robert Hansen. Okay. So Robert Hansen was born in 1939 in Iowa. He was the son of a Danish immigrant. 
He was skinny, horribly shy. He had a stutter. He also had severe acne that left his face permanently scarred. So he wasn't exactly given a full deck in the luck department. Like, it was shitty. great. Naturally, girls were not super nice to him when it came to dating. This made him pretty much hate women from a very young age. I mean, he also had to deal with a super domineering father. So Mm -hmm. it's not like other aspects of his life were going awesome. Right. He was just a sad kid, um, which could end up going either way. Deck of cards. Great adult or serial murderer. And since this is a true crime episode, I think we know where it's headed. I can guess. (laughs) He didn't grow up to be the president of the United (laughs) States. And he grew up to be the best man on the planet. So Robert Hansen was super into hunting and archery. He was a loner, and those sports really appealed to him. And in 1957, he enlisted in the U.S. Army, and he served for a year before he was discharged. I didn't see... uh, Because when you're let go from the Army, it's called being discharged, right? Right. So that's not necessarily... I was like, dishonorably discharged? But I think he was just... Yeah, I think he was just discharged. So Goodbye. Goodbye. He was let go. Um, He was allowed to return. And uh, when he got back, he worked as an assistant drill instructor at a police academy in Iowa. He got married. Life seemed to be going okay. You know, his face was still scarred, but he didn't have that horrible acne. Yeah, he's doing okay. Doing okay. Well, in December of 1960, he was arrested for burning down a school bus garage, which if anyone that's listening is a $10 and up patron and heard last month's mini-sode, Amy and I discussed basically the steps to becoming a serial murderer. Yep. And arson. Arson's a big one. Is a huge one. It's on the list very often. Yep. So anyway, he went to jail. He served a little less than a year for a three-year prison sentence. Which why why do we even give sentences? I know. Just be like, hey, They're we're gonna all... throw, you, we're gonna lock you up for as long as we want to. Yep. And then we'll let you go. I agree. <laughs> Just don't give any sentences. The sentences make. He served serious. eight months of a nine-year prison sentence. Cool. No. Awesome. Uh, he served a year. Oh oh oh. Well. Uh, less than a year actually for, anyways. But that's yeah. Why was he given the sentence? Right. Like that's... only eight months. Goodbye. Whatever. This uh, his wife filed for divorce while he was locked up, so life's kind of going downhill. He was Uh-oh. then jailed several times over the next few years for petty theft. He, Things aren't looking good ones. No, again. he remarried though. Hey, oh, here we go on the up and All up. All right, found he a lady. Remarried. He moved to Alaska and he ended up having two children. And moved um, to Alaska. Yeah, All I right. know. There's like eight other people there, so <laughs> he couldn't have killed that many. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can't kill that many people in Alaska. So he moved to Alaska. He ended up having two children with his new wife, and he would hunt competitively, and he set several hunting records. His neighbors liked him. Again, life's looking pretty well. Yeah, okay. We're, we're going up again. Going I up. mean, I can't keep yeah. up with the highs and the lows, but... Well, oh, in 1972... No. <laughs> So in 1972, he was convicted of assault. Now, this is all the charge said. He was um, convicted of assault. And that could be anything. Like, he could have gotten into a fight at a bar. So I tried to look more into the actual charge. And it turns out the assault charge was for the abduction and attempted rape of a housewife who escaped and the rape of a prostitute who did not. What? What the fuck Alaska? Hello. That was his assault charge. He That's served all it six was? months. Th- so, 
They called it an assault yeah. charge, but yeah. and it was horrible. It was an attempted rape, a kidnapping, and a rape rape. Oh my god! And they charged and him they with assault. Downplayed it. Yeah, six months in prison. Well, that Heavens is gross. to Betsy. I don't like it. So Lester. he gets out of jail again. No. Um, and then in there 1976, he, he pled guilty to larceny after he was caught stealing a chainsaw from an Anchorage department store. He was sentenced to five years in prison for fucking stealing a chainsaw. And <laughs> Ew, I know. Stealing a chainsaw. I but he was required to receive psychiatric treatment for bipolar disorder, what the psychiatrist said. Well, like there's something. He had. Uh, the Alaska sorry. Supreme Court reduced his sentence and he was released with time served. Oh, my God. Alaska. Alaska, what are you doing? What the fuck? This, I feel like this is worse than Columbia. I know. Like, they had him so many times. I was going to say, like, he was in your grasp and so you many assholes let him free. So. What else are you going to do, Alaska? All right. Give Things were quiet trash. for a few years. Until June 13th, 1983, when a 17-year-old girl named Cindy was found by a truck driver running down the street, handcuffed and barefoot with a bloody nose. Oh, boy. He picked her up. She begged him to take her to a motel where her boyfriend was staying, and he did. But then he immediately called the cops to report it because there are still people with sense in the world, Thanks I guess. goodness. So the police tracked this woman down, and at first she won't even talk to them because um, she was a she was a prostitute yeah. so she wouldn't talk to them finally sure. she spilled the beans she described her attacker in detail said that he offered her two hundred dollars to give him a blow job but then when she got into the car he pulled a gun on her <gasps> and drove her to his house Ooh. there he held her captive he tortured her he raped her he sexually assaulted her he chained her by the neck to a post in the house's basement and took oh. a nap on the couch. Of course, because you can sleep soundly yeah. when you're a serial killer. When he woke up, he put her in his car and took her to a small airport and told her that he intended to, quote, take her out to his cabin that was only accessible by boat or plane. So while he was loading the small plane, she crawled out of the back seat and she took off. She Ugh. told the police that she deliberately left her shoes in the car as evidence that she'd been in there. That's smart. Get it, girl. Um, so Anchorage PD questioned Hansen. Um, he denied the accusation, saying the girl was just trying to cause trouble, that she was trying to extort him. And even though he had had several run-ins with the law, he was so meek and dumb. And he was a baker in a bakery. Like, the whole town knew him. Yeah. And apparently had a strong alibi from a friend. But anyways, he wasn't was even considered. on it? Wasn't even considered a serious suspect. The case oh went cold. Golly they gosh. never even showed her a picture of him. That's crazy after town. The description. Yeah. Just because people were able to vouch for him? Yeah. Like knowing just him? People were like, no, he's great. <sighs> he was able to build that damn reputation. Yeah. Hate this guy. So at the same time that this was all going on, Alaska state troopers were investigating the discovery of several bodies in and around Anchorage. Okay. They seemed like they were being committed by the same killer, but they had nothing to go off evidence-wise, so they actually contacted the FBI to get a criminal profile of the guy, and uh, they said, the FBI said that they thought that based on the bodies and the MO of the killer, um, so this is kind of crazy how right they were, they said the killer would be an experienced hunter with low self-esteem, 
have a history of being rejected by women and would mm. feel compelled to keep souvenirs of his murders like jewelry or locks of hair or clothing items, etc. He also suggested that the assailant might stutter. Oh, shit. Like, that's how spot on the FBI profile of this murderer it's was. It's crazy that they can do I that. I know. Because that happens all the time. Where it's like, like what? oh, you nailed this person that you don't even <laughs> you know. You saw a couple dead bodies and you're like, he probably has a stutter. He it's most like, likely what the fuck? has a stutter based on this cut based above this, their shoulder. Yeah. Like, <laughs> excuse me. That's why I love the show Criminal Minds. Anyway. I know. It's a the dumb. The fiction? Yes, Sh- but I show? no, but I love that show because it's about that. It's <laughs> yeah, like the FBI true. making criminal profiles. Like I love that that's a thing because they try to base it off real cases. But obviously, the show gets a little creative. Obviously, I honestly i I think I watched like part of the first season, but I just have never had access to it again. Yeah, because like, it's streaming. on CBS, and CBS yeah. is like the one network that doesn't do any yeah, streaming. they're like, I, no, fuck you. We're not giving you Hulu. We're not giving no. you Netflix. It's like, and okay. And I think that they're on like their final season ever. I feel like I saw on Instagram. But it's yeah, still it's been on? on? Yeah, I think it's had like 15 <laughs> seasons, and I've totally lost track because for Matthew, the same reason. Matthew Gray Goobler was on it the whole time, and I always had the biggest crush on it. <laughs> I know it. you did. It was so weird. I know, because he's so weird looking. But yeah, I, weird looking in a great way. You're beautiful, just as you were made. We love you. Um, um, yeah, I think I watched like the first six or seven seasons and then lost track somewhere. So I guess I'm not like the biggest super fan. But my favorite thing about us talking about this is that you had to say the fiction because we like only watch <laughs> <The> documentaries <fiction? laughs> about true crime. But yes, I also enjoy fiction true crime. Uh, Matthew Gray Goobler. Goobler? Mm-hmm. Goobler? I know. It doesn't Goobler? seem like it'd be right. It doesn't Goobler. seem like a real name. He was on an episode of Celebrity Paranormal Stories. Is that oh, what it's I called? I believe it, yes. Paran- Hollywood Paranormal think, Stories. Is that the same one that like Carrie Fisher was on? Yes. Yes. And okay. he told a story about an apartment that he lived in in LA that once was that was haunted. Yes. That's and that's I what I always him. think of when I think of him. That's why like, he's great. He's he's a weirdo like us, which is another reason I always had a crush we on him. We should meet him. I, was like, I, know. I mean, you're married and you have a kid and like I'm <sighs> taken. I feel like Alex fine. would like let me fool around with him. You know, I think <laughs> I think he'd allow it. <laughs> At least the last time like heavy flirting. Yes. He'd allow like maybe a kiss on the cheek and yes. heavy flirting. I think I could get away with that. Some over the shirt <laughs> groping. <laughs> over the shirt gropes would be allowed from Alex Ogle. <laughs> Can I get back to my a- Sorry, I'm please. sorry. Okay. <laughs> Using this profile, they landed on Hansen fucking again. And it was also just easy at this point, Alaska, to I land know. on the guy oh, that God you've had in it. your hands 90 times. Ugh. They got a warrant to search his place and his cabin and his plane. Yes, he had all three. I he can't. had a cabin. He had a plane. Anchor- right, yeah, Wilder? Wilder? You tell him. I can't like, believe he had a plane. What? What? Yeah, Anchorage PD obviously didn't think that was too important when they were investigating Cindy's rape and torture. And they were able to find jewelry belonging to some of the missing women, as well as a shit ton of firearms and a hidey hole in his attic. Oh, cool. And an aviation map with little X marks on it hidden behind his bed frame. No. So he just had a map of where all the bodies were, which is like, oh, great. This is convenient. (laughs) Robert Hansen denied and denied and denied, but eventually he realized he was totally fucked and started to blame the women oh, <laughs> for this happening. Okay. Which he just crossed over into full-blown... Full-blown asshole. Hate piece him. Shit. Yeah, full. Eventually, he confessed to everything. He had been murdering women since 1971. So for 12 years, he had been actively Damn. murdering women. Ugh. And in those 12 years had been 
you know, arrested for things right. like stealing a chainsaw and right then like under go everyone's and, nose. Yeah. How do you just let someone buy a chainsaw? Dude. I cannot. In the end, Hansen is known to have raped and assaulted over 30 Alaskan women. He's also responsible for murdering at least 17 women, ranging from 16 to 41, but the real number is probably over 25. Ugh. One good thing Robert Hansen did do that you can't say for some other serial killers, he cooperated fully in finding and identifying the bodies. Okay. So when they arrested him, they only had three bodies discovered of all wow. of them. They had only discovered three of them. And he had to lead them. Yeah, the but rest. Hansen actually helped find at least eight more admitted to being the murderer in the other bodies found. So families were at least able to put their kids to rest. And he was even like, if he knew their names, he would tell them their names. So he was cooperating. Yeah, he did. He knew he was caught. Now, okay. The craziest thing about Robert Hansen was his method of murder. He would take these women. He would rape them. He would torture them, etc. And then he would take them out to his cabin via plane. And at some point he would set them free. For a moment, they would think that they were free and they'd have hope and they believe that they were being let go. And as they ran for their lives through the woods, he would hunt them. That is Sometimes so fucked up. for days at a time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it was like a game. Yeah. He that would is so messed up. go out. He would have a semi-automatic rifle and a hunting knife and he would track and chase them through the woods. Again, sometimes for days at a time until he shot them down like animals. So he dangled hope in front of them. He'd let them go and be like, go, like after raping and torturing them. And they would think that they were free. Finally. And then he would literally track and hunt them down and kill them. That is so, so disturbing and messed up. I can't believe it. Oh, I hate him. This asshole was sentenced to 461 years in prison and he died in 2014. So good riddance. Good riddance, buddy. Yeah, honestly, like, you know, he had a stutter and acne. His dad was shitty. And it seems inevitable that he would grow up to be anything but a meek loser. But, like, the thing is, is, like, he got married. Yeah. He had children. Like, you were okay, dude. He Why could did you have, still have to go yeah, do this? You he, could have um, gotten better. He just kept fucking his life up and blaming it on everyone else. Like, he couldn't take responsibility for his own actions you know what i mean like if he got arrested for stealing like he would blame the person he stole from right like he blamed the women he murdered i know he was just he wouldn't take accountability for anything he had to blame everyone else he was a bitch bitch. yeah because so many people have messed up childhoods but then still grow up to be normal adults that's the thing is we talk about the perfect you know recipe to become a serial killer and it's like art you see like arson and tortured animals Mm -hmm. and like sometimes like a hit to the head or being molested like all these little things that can go into it but then you also see people who were molested or maybe fell on their head or had something traumatizing happen to them and then they grow up and are wonderful and are Mm -hmm. like inspirational speakers and use their powers for good and there's just no excuse for these idiots that yeah, and come there's forward. some people like like Richard Ramirez like I don't want to be an apologist for a rapist murderer like ever but he before he was even born his mother worked in a factory mm-hmm. with a lot of chemicals like horrible chemicals and mm-hmm. like they weren't it was you know it was in Mexico right wasn't even like ventilated properly mm-hmm. and she was pregnant with he him, was pregnant right? yeah. like at the time 
So he was exposed to this stuff before he was even born. Yeah. Then he was born, had a traumatic brain injury when mm-hmm. he was like three, when he was climbing a shelf that fell over on him. Right. I remember he that. was sexually assaulted. He was, um, he saw, I think he was like 12 or 13. He saw his cousin shoot someone in the head. Yeah. Like he, he was in the same room. Yeah. So like. His situation is one of Dude, the worst. Where one it's of like, the wow, worst. It's like, wow, I don't he know how you stood chance. Yeah, yeah, he did not have a chance you, to be normal. Because he even had the chemicals in the oh, beginning yeah. where it's like, you can't even help that. No, like you were poisoned. Your head was beaten. Right. You were sexually assaulted as a and child. And again, not like, excusing him from no. being a horrible person, but you're also just like, damn. Like, well, you couldn't have turned out too great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ugh. So what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? Awful. Oh, well, and that's the thing with this Pedro Lopez, who I talked about before, like he had it so bad, just constantly molested, raped, had to witness his mother having sex and then also not wanting him anymore and kicking him out like as traumatized eight. as you can get when, yeah, when you're a tiny child. But then his is rough for me because it's like we said he didn't come forward and get revenge yes he got revenge in prison but then he came out and hurt innocent girls so that to me it's like okay her innocent yes. children like you were when you yeah, were like that you age. were like when if anything again not excusing murdering adults by any no. means but like we would understand him more if he came out and murdered adults but he instead if he chose. murdered prostitutes who reminded him of his, of his mother, mother or yep. if he murdered anyone that reminded him of the inmates in yeah prison or, anyone who like, reminded him of the adult men who sexually abused him right. when he was a child but like that makes little sense. girls like that yeah. doesn't make so sense. that, that to me it's like where evil. did that twist happen that is something evil in you that we just can't even find a reason for. So, okay. So for this next story, I'm finally leaving Columbia after those last finally. two guys. The and place getting, I will never vacation. No. <laughs> We're getting into a guy who just sucks to right. suck. Um, his name is David Parker Ray. I don't know if that name rings a bell yes. to you. Does it? Oh, you I know, know this that guy? Name? I don't know. Okay. I don't remember. You well, maybe you'll me. know as we talk about him. Um, his nickname was the Toy Box Killer. Oh, I fucking can't handle this story. I mean, go on, but this story makes me want to die. He's horrible. So he was called the Toy Box Killer because this man had a homemade dungeon in his basement where mm-hmm. he would torture victims in like basically a toy box, a giant toy box. I have a question. Yes. Do you think these stories are more disturbing with baby noises? Behind yeah, them? I think so. Or less. <laughs> More. Like, you'd think he'd be adding, like, a gentle, nice like, touch. Uh, like, oh, we hear uh, a baby, but I think it's but worse. It's like, somehow. Jesus Christ. And I just said toy box, and <laughs> maybe I'm a terrible mother. <laughs> um, so after placing his young female victims on their backs in a terrifying apparatus that had stirrups and straps, he would play an audio tape for them detailing the instructions for being his slave. So he would play this recording for his victims, telling them this is what they had to do to be a nice little slave girl to him. Their whatever you want to call it, the dominant. What do they call that? Doms and subs. Doms and subs. Yeah. Yes. Basically saying this is what you will do for me. After playing the tape, Ray and his accomplices, who were his daughter and mm-hmm. his girlfriend, they would torture the victim for days, days and days, sometimes weeks. 
based on the diary that was found and all the records he kept, police knew exactly what Ray was doing and that he killed as many as 50 women in his little toy box dungeon. The really twisted part, their bodies have never been found still to this day. The records in his diary say exactly what he did and his torture methods, which we won't go into detail about, but they never said where the bodies ended up. And that is still a secret to this day, which just makes my stomach turn that he that we just never know where they all ended up. Ray's operation was finally uncovered when a victim named Cynthia Vigil was able to escape. Ray's girlfriend, Cindy, had inadvertently left the keys to Vigil's restraints nearby when she left the room. Vigil was able to scoot enough and get into a position to grab the keys and get herself out of the straps and stirrups. She took advantage of the time that she had away from her captors and was able to make a run for it naked and with handcuffs dangling from her hands. She finally arrived at a neighbor's residence, bleeding, looking horrified and urging them to contact the police, which they immediately did. And then once her story broke, this led another woman who is anonymous to come forward with her memories. She said they're very muddled because she was on several date rape drugs and just like completely out of it. But she was able to give them enough details that matched Cynthia's experience that they said, "Okay, we have a serial killer in our midst. So the police search turned up no bodies. But so they weren't able to convict him right away, but they were able to put pressure on Cindy, the girlfriend and a friend of the family, Dennis Roy, and they were able to, you know, stay on them enough to be like, hey, yeah. if you cooperate with us, we'll give you this, this, and this. And eventually they caved under pressure and blamed everything on Ray. And I think the girlfriend was arrested but had a much more minor sentence because she cooperated yeah, so well and gave him gave up. Enough, but yeah. she was terrible too. She was she helped literally with everything. just as bad. Yeah. And oh, that his daughter participated, I can't get over either. Um Ray was charged in three cases. They were able to like fully charge him on three, even though there were so, so many more. And he eventually accepted a plea bargain of 224 years in prison. So, you know, just a short little sentence. Yeah. Why even like, <laughs> no, the plea bargain? Those, yeah. I'm like, what was the plea bargain for you? Estimates place his total number of victims to be about 60 based on everything that they found by the end of the investigation. They wanted to question Ray further about his crimes because they knew there was so much more to the story. And God damn it, where are the bodies? Yeah. But he died of a heart attack like a coward in 2002. Like a coward. <laughs> it's not fair to say maybe, but like a coward. <laughs> and investigators still continue to search for answers about the women um, in Ray's diary. But so far, no success still to this day, which just... Makes me so angry. I just want to know where these say bodies are. What they did with the bodies? Like, did they burn them? Did they? No. They didn't say. That's the thing. It's like here's how we tortured them for days on end. Here's how we killed them. Here's how we dismembered here's them. How we but, kidnapped them. But we have yeah. no like. Where did the bodies go after? Well, that? they could have fed just them those to poor dogs families. because. Yeah. I will say, did you happen to read the audio recording? I didn't. I thought I'd be too creeped out. Oh, never read it. Okay. Literally never. I didn't think my brain could, even though I love this stuff, I do, didn't no. think I was up for it. Do not. I read it and it, it it's um you I think you can listen to the audio recording too, which is like way too much for me, but I read a transcript of it and I'm not joking, I almost threw up. I was Ugh. so upset. And I um not only does he like describe to these women in this audio recording, not only does he describe to them like what you need to do for me, 
He also like in detail describes what he's going to do to, to them. them. Yeah. And Ugh. it's so awful. And the way they tortured these women was it was completely inhumane. Like they would have parties and they would have friends over. Oh yeah, I did read this. And uh the friends would participate too. Like it was there like a whole so thing. So many people yeah. involved. It's crazy. They did have German shepherds that they would make the girls have sex with, mm. vaginal sex and anal sex with these German shepherds. Yeah. At a party in front of everyone like in chains. I mean, I mean everyone sat things. there and watched is They're, just as yeah. disgusting. Their nipples like, were ripped how? off. There, I mean, it was horrible, so and then it would end in you know getting dismembered and right. Who Just knows? A brutal murder, disappearing, after the most brutal yeah. torture for weeks. It's I insane. Know. There was also another woman that escaped, who might have been the second one you talked about. I think she... it might have been the woman who whose name wasn't on this article. Yeah, they because just she left her escaped. Yeah, there, and these her two boyfriend women came forward. didn't believe her. Her boyfriend said, "You're a liar. You're a liar. You were cheating on me. Like all this stuff. And Ew, like, yeah, he was boyfriend? awful to her. Okay, I hate everyone involved in this story. <laughs> this it just gets story. worse and worse. Wait, where I was know. this again? Because they lived in like a shitty trailer. Yeah, it was, like it was, they were trash. Yeah, it was all a piece of shit. I mean, it. Yeah, I've lived in a trailer, so I can say that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I actually didn't write down where they were from, so let me. It find was something it like really Arkansas, Texas." It's New Mexico. For- New Mexico? Arizona and New Mexico. Oh. So, so maybe, maybe like they on moved. the border? <laughs> maybe they moved. I thought it, I Arizona sounded right to me right off the bat, but New Mexico. All right. Well, they all suck. Yeah. <laughs> They're all um, terrible. Look up more on the Toy Box Killer if you want and details. I was going to say, I left out, I was going to leave it up to our listeners if they wanted to know more, but I left out all of the torture details because it, it's just so oh, heinous and disgusting. Yeah, I read it I was one like, time and I was like, okay. Yeah. That's okay. I was like, I'm not even going to include this because it's just so heinous. All you need to know is these people were disgusting. Clearly, their group of friends was disgusting. Like, it's all terrible. I feel like it's we like talked Texas about Texas Chainsaw Massacre stuff. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like something out of a movie that you're like, this There's maybe no wouldn't way. happen. Like, this is just fictionalized, right? But no. <laughs> no. I feel like we talked about New Mexico on our food episode and like some horrible restaurant being from New Mexico. And I made the comment like, of course, it's from New Mexico. <laughs> and then this piece of shit is from New Mexico, possibly Arizona. <laughs> but I hate it all. New Mexico is becoming my least favorite place. Besides Colombia, New Mexico and the food episode was it the? It, it was wasn't some, the heart attack. No, because that's in Vegas. Oh, the but toilet I like, one. I think it might have been the toilet. Was it the bathroom scene? Maybe restaurant? one of the places that <laughs> she mentioned. I was like, oh, New Mexico, of New course. Mexico. Who lives there? Who lives there? Okay, I'm going to tell this next story a bit backwards, and you'll understand why later. So this took place in Macedonia, Yugoslavia. On November 16th, 2004, uh, a woman went missing. She was a local cleaner, uh, so like housekeeper, huh. named Mitra. She was 64 and she was last seen at the market. Her body was found just outside of town on January 12th, 2005. She had been strangled, bound, tortured, and raped and had been dead for less than two weeks. So it seems like she had been kept somewhere for over a month before being killed and dumped. 64. Damn. Then again, in early November 2007, uh, Lubia, 
aged 56, disappeared after going to buy groceries. She was found on February 3rd, 2008, and had been strangled, bound, beaten, and raped, and had only been dead for a few days. So again, had been kept somewhere for months. A very long time. Um, there were other women... Oh, wait, no. Here's another one. A few months later, Zivana, 65 years old, disappeared. This was May 7th, 2008. She was lured to the hospital by someone telling her that her son had been hospitalized, which oh, is horrible. Gosh. That's she awful. was found less than 10 days later, mm. uh, tortured, raped, strangled, bound with telephone cords this time. Yikes. So there were other women in the area that went missing during these years, but no bodies were ever found and no confession was ever given. So could they be victims? I right. don't know. They matched the profile. Who yeah. knows? So the cops really didn't have any leads. There was no real DNA evidence left behind. It was also Yugoslavia, so they weren't exactly working with the most up-to-date technology. They didn't know who would want to kill these older ladies, these nice older cleaning ladies. I know. The community was... Right? Sweeties. I know. The community was enraged. There were vigilante groups formed. The only person who this situation was actually good for was a journalist named Vlado Tineski, who had been working as a journalist for about 20 years for a local newspaper, and these murders were his big break. He was the first to report on the missing women from 2005, and Tineski got to work closely with the local police and authorities to cover the murder, uh, the murders. And his editor, as well as the residents of the town, praised him for his coverage of the murder, as well as his attention to detail. Mm. His column became a crowd favorite amongst the locals until the body was found in 2007, strangled with the phone cord. Uh, Tineski wrote about the condition of the body and mentioned the murder weapon. And the police realized they never released that information to the public. (gasps) Oh, shit. So. <laughs> it was the man reporting on it. Uh, the police initially, since they'd been working with him for three years and thought they had a little credibility when it came to judges of character, mm-hmm. <laughs> thought that he just like knew who the killer was. Yeah. You know, maybe he knew who the murderer was and was using this to like further his media career. Right. But it turns out Tineski himself the journalist the who covered killer. the murders for three years was responsible for them. He was just reporting along. on his damn right? self. Oh my gosh. That so, is so twisted. And nuts? also like, it's like a weirdly like clever yeah. thing for a killer. I'm also kind of like, man, yeah. that's like, that if that's not a TV show. Kind of like fun. <laughs> it makes a good <laughs> story. Fun. Yeah. I was like, this needs to be a television right. show. Like, I mean, it kind this of guy is. is horrible. Dexter. But, yes. It's kind of like yep, Dexter. It's totally Dexter. So this shocked um, everyone, including his wife of 31 years. Oh, shit. Uh, she described oh, him, know. right? She described him as quiet and gentle. His co-workers at the newspaper called him unbelievably low-key and soft-natured. However, the condition of these poor women's bodies showed a different side. They were viciously raped. Um and strangled when his home was searched by the police after his initial arrest they found that it was filled with pornography and notes about the crimes he had been murdering and then writing about the murders in great detail at home and at work completely taunting the police like they were working right alongside him yeah he was he was treating this like a game yeah 
The motive obviously had something to do with his mother. His parents were both very conservative. They were very strict disciplinarians. Uh, Supposedly, he had a particularly tense relationship with his mother. Mm -hmm. Apparently, all of the victims were house cleaners, just like his mother was, and bore a striking resemblance to her. And police also believe some of them might have known his mother, although that connection was never confirmed. Gotcha. As for Tineski, he was the second of three children, classic middle child. Mm, middle child syndrome. His father was a World War II veteran. He studied journalism in Croatia, where he met his future wife, who was a law student named Vesna. His wife was actually the city's very first female lawyer, which is fucking cool. Wow. Get it, girl. Right? They had two sons together. Tineski worked at a radio station while his wife was a lawyer, and they lived like that for 20 years. Now, in the 80s, he started working as a reporter. In 2002, his father committed suicide. Mm. A few months later, his mother accidentally overdosed on medicine. Oh, Oh, geez. And that's the only info I can find. I assume it means she died as well, but I can't find confirmation on the fact that she died from the OD. Uh, In 2003, while he was already having financial and emotional problems, he was laid off from the newspaper. And in 2004, his wife received a promotion and moved to a new town. Okay. Uh, I don't believe he went with her, but I don't think they like got a divorce necessarily. But this is when they were living separately. And it seems like he developed the obsession with pornography and began killing women um, later that year. So he was arrested. He was charged with the murders of the three women whose bodies were found. They were planning on questioning him on the May 30th disappearance of a 73-year-old retired cleaning woman, Gorskika. But cleaning ladies right? alone. But Tineski was found dead in his prison cell on June 23rd, 2008. Nope. He was found drowned in a plastic bucket of water. His death was ruled a suicide, a.k.a. They killed that motherfucker. They did it. Bye. Penny and Wilder are driving me nuts. I was just going to say it's so comical to me <laughs> that I'm trying to calm a baby over here and you're trying to calm a cat who won't leave she you She will alone. not Penny's like down. eating Ashley's notes, like <laughs> putting her face up to her chest. Wilder's, Wilder's screaming, screaming for attention for on attention. his poppy pillow. All right. Last dude. John Edward Robinson often called the first serial killer of the digital age. Mm. He was the first serial murderer on record to have used internet chat rooms to lure his victims. So his early years were just a lot of petty crimes. He embezzled money from the clinic where he worked as an x-ray technician. Um, He only got this job also because he was able to forge certification papers. So already a piece of shit. When that fell apart, he started multiple fictional businesses, spending time in jail and on probation after each one of his businesses would fail. He also tried to become a Sunday school teacher and a scout master to... (laughs) Oh, goodness. Maybe if I hold him? Let me try. So he was trying to get himself in good with the local community as a Sunday school teacher and a scout master. Um, and trying to look like this wonderful man who's doing his civic duty. But this all crumbled after he began propositioning several married women in the neighborhood and discussing his enthusiasm for sadomasochistic cult. Oh, great. Where he served as a slave master. 
So, you know, just casually dropping that just into a normal thing. conversation. And then shortly after, already when people were suspicious, women began to disappear, which was even more suspicious. Right. The first was a woman named Paula Godfrey. She was a young woman that Robinson hired to work as his secretary at yet another fictional company that he had. <laughs> her family came knocking on his door and he forged a note from her telling them that she was okay and just did not want to see them. Awful guy. So the police dropped the case saying, well, this was her choice. She wrote the note. So Robinson's fine. She just doesn't want to talk to her family anymore. So Robinson was completely out of the police grasp and he was free to kill again. Then he promised a woman named Lisa Stasi a job. He murdered her and then gave her four month old daughter to his brother after charging Jesus. him nearly $5,000 in adoption fees. So what? He's also horrible. like what? What did his brother think? I don't know. How do you get That's this baby? what the, they don't say. Like what the brother? The brother wanted to adopt this girl, but I'm also just like, did you not have questions of like where questions she came like, where from and like he got what happened baby? to the the mother? Like, is she did she just run away? Like this guy's let's kind ask of some more like questions. the modern version of Bella Kiss a little bit. Yeah, like writing people, but instead of you know yes. letters, it's chat rooms right well he hadn't even gone digital yet that's the thing he's just like forging notes at this point and like doing fictional companies but then he after lisa he does go digital finally so that was just like his warm-up he began to choose his victims online looking for women in the bdsm community who are interested in bondage and dominance games Games where he could gain control of their finances and then murder them. Yay! So he did this for a very long time, going into these chat rooms, saying that he was going to have complete control and finding women who were willing to give him complete control, unfortunately. And then he would again completely take advantage of them, tell their family that these girls didn't want to see them anymore, and then keep them for himself and murder them. He did this for a couple of years before he was finally caught in the year 2000, by which point he had already roused a lot of suspicion simply because he was involved in so many missing person cases. It's like, hey, what was the common factor? Oh, this dude who this was dating these Whose women. His name and, keeps popping up. Yeah. A search of his properties yielded, listen to this, oil drums containing <gasps> no! the decaying bodies of women. Kidding? Yep. So maybe he, wait, when did Bella Kiss happen? Because I was going to, when you were reading your story, I was like, maybe he was inspired by This it. was like the 18, 1877 when he So was maybe born. he like read a book on this guy. Maybe. Um, yeah, so he had oil drums containing the decaying bodies of women and they arrested him and said, well, I got all the proof we needed. You're not off at war, so you're here. <laughs> Robinson is now on death row in Kansas. Oh, I feel like we okay. mentioned, did we mention? No, it was Arkansas. It was no, like, it was did Arkansas. we mention Kansas? Did we talk about Kansas? He's on death row in Kansas, and all of his attempts at appeal have been denied because everyone knows he's a big old piece of shit, and he's going <laughs> to rot in jail forever. So, so look, was... we came full circle. No kidding. <laughs> With Bella Kiss. Um... I was holding a smelly baby at the time. How many women did he murder? They, I don't know if they have an exact number. It looks like about 25, they believe. Yes. Because he, again, he at first was just knocking off people in the local community and then went digital. And then went digital. Where he was able to to go even further. Yes. 
That guy was fucked Real up. Rough. <laughs> so fucked up. And yeah, to be the first to go to internet chat rooms. Because I feel like there have been other killers that, well, and you think of like the cannibals who go into oh, chat yeah. rooms and are like, I'm going to eat you. So yeah, I'm sure yes. there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of internet of, killers. There's but a he's ton the of first. like, there's Craigslist killers. Yes. And... But it sounds like this guy was the first that they have on record at yeah. least. Which, ugh. Way to still. Way to just Wait set to, the example. Set the bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay, so. I'm actually not going to go into a like super detailed account of this guy, but I had to bring him up because it literally made me shiver. So this guy's name is Mac Ray Edwards. Uh, he was a heavy equipment operator and worked on freeways in Los Angeles County in 1941. Oh, no, he's an L.A. man. He was. He was also a child molester who oh. turned into a child killer. He killed three children from 1953 to 1956 and then three more in 1968 and 1969. In 1970, he and a teenage male accomplice kidnapped three girls from their home in Silmar. Luckily, these girls escaped and Edwards surrendered to the police and confessed to murdering the six kids. One of his victims was found underneath the Santa Ana freeway, Uh. and he claimed to have disposed of another one of his victims under the Ventura freeway. Good Lord. So six is what he confessed to. Yeah. Three is what they were able to prove and convict him for. Okay. But he told people in prison he killed 18 or more. He told the Los Angeles Times the number was nine. There were other child disappearances that police were able to connect Edwards with, but no way to pin it on him without a body or a confession. And at one point, four teams of cadaver dogs had alerted on the same area of interest on the Goleta Freeway overpass. Uh But a decision was made to not undertake further excavation to search for a body. Why? Because it would cost so much money. Yeah. So basically, there is a 100% chance that there are children buried underneath the freeways we drive on every day in LA. And that makes me want to rip my eyes out of my head. I never want to drive my car again. (laughs) That is so terrible. There's for sure two. There's there's one under the Ventura Freeway, and there's one under the... What was the other? Well, the one that was uh, the first freeway. That one's still there. The one under the Ventura Freeway is still there. Yikes. And one of them was found and dug out of the Santa Ana Freeway. So that, that sucks. is so horrible. Awful. And I truly don't want to drive ever again. Like, can I just fly? Right. Edwards tried to kill himself a couple times and he finally succeeded in 1971. He hung himself with a TV cord in his cell in San Quentin. Damn. So... Good riddance. Well, again, I know. I'm like, <laughs> again, all I'm we like, can okay. say to all these pieces of shit is shit. good riddance. Like, a lot of the guys we talked about today, it sounds like, died in prison. It's like, well, yep. All right. Like, what were you adding to this world other than your evil reign? I don't remember what I was watching, but the quote was basically, oh, it was uh, The Watchmen. Yeah. The quote is from Rorschach. And uh, the guy that Rorschach is about to kill is basically like, turn me in, like, arrest me. And he's like, no, no, no. Men get arrested. Dogs get put down. Ooh. And because this guy was a child rapist and murderer. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, no, no. no. You lost your right as a human being Mm -hmm. when you tortured and raped and murdered children. We're taking away the humanity of you. 
<laughs> you are a dog. You're trash. And you get killed. You get put down. Because like I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, you know, you know me. I'm pretty wishy-washy on the death penalty. Yeah. I do believe I that similar. in the death penalty because there are people that I'm like, fucking kill him. I don't right. give a shit. I don't I don't want our tax money to go to caring for these people so they can right. watch TV and get fat in prison. Mm-hmm. Like fuck them. Yeah. Kill them. They did I don't the care. most horrendous things. Yeah. Out in the world like they they're not adding anything. They shouldn't no. get to just live like for them comfortably for the rest of their Very. lives. Like put them out of their There's actually there's a um I wish I could remember what the show is called. It's on Netflix and it's about men in prison and they're just kind of, or not men, men and women in prison telling their stories about being in prison. All of them are in prison for murder, I'm pretty sure. I think it's called I'm Not a Murderer or I'm a Murderer. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of this. And one of the people, one of the guys in prison, he was in prison not for murder. It was like for assault or drugs or something. He was going to get out. Uh But his sentence got... He basically ended up getting life in prison and he killed a guy in prison so that he could be sentenced to death and go to death row because prisoners on death row are treated, have it made. They're treated so much better. They get TVs in their cells. They get their own cell. They get better food. They, they get better have, like, treatment. Some privacy, some good yeah. food. It's like, oh, and let me go live You could the be life on death row for like. 20 years. I was going to say, it's not like immediate death, so you get to live this life of luxury. So, I don't know. Man, that is a crazy world. Fuck them. Fuck (laughs) them. That's the summary of this. I know. Fuck them. I should be like, we should rehabilitate. No. Fuck them. I don't give a shit. Because there's some people who, it's like we've been saying, they just don't stand a chance. No. It's like they they are going to be evil for the rest of their lives. So, like, get them out of here. There are some people who accidentally hit someone hard enough to kill them. They don't deserve... Life in prison or, or the death penalty. The death penalty. Exactly. There are some people, there are people that accidentally shoot and kill someone. They don't deserve the death penalty. Right. But these men, these and men some evil. women, but mostly men who like torture and rape and no. Yeah. Kill them. Kill them all. Well, that's all the time we have. <laughs> <laughs> on that high, happy note. On Keep It Weird. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining us. As usual, you guys Love are you. the best. Please join me next week as I sit down with our favorite medium, Amy, as she answers your questions. You may remember Amy from earlier this year. Actually, we kicked off our third season with her in a two-part mediumship episode. Thank you to all of our listeners who sent in questions for Amy. We're very excited to answer them for you next week. If you ever have a question or a topic you'd like to hear us cover, email us at keepitweirder at gmail.com. Message, message us on Facebook or shoot us a direct message on Instagram at Keep It Weirdcast. If you want to donate to our show and help us produce the show, visit www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast where you can donate monthly and receive bonus episodes and newsletters or you can make a one-time donation as just a thank you to the show. You can also support the show by heading to our Etsy page and buying some Keep It Weird merchandise. T-shirts, hoodies, tote bags, buttons, patches, magnets, and more at www.etsy.com slash shop slash Keep It Weird podcast. Buy the merch, guys. Buy the merch. It's so cute. It's really cute, actually. I get compliments on my hoodie and my T-shirt all the time. I do, too. Especially the hoodie. Like, the shirt, I definitely get compliments on, especially because I have the one with, like, the The colors colors on it. But the hoodie, it's so much love. And it's very cozy. I agree. Wilder, what's our sign-off this week? 
There you go. I think he's pushing out a poop. He like, might yeah. be. Let's see. <laughs> the little sigh was cute. All oh, right. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. Well, thank you, Wilder. Thanks, Wilder. <laughs> Thanks and, for being uh, our guest today. Yeah. For the rest of you guys, keep it keep weird. Keep it weird. <laughs> Anything else? You're just... You're not meant to be a star. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the mic picked that up. <laughs> <laughs>